To the Beach and Black podcast, we are back again with another show, and today is going to be on heat. It's going to be on fire today. We're doing our much-requested, um, much-anticipated B-Sides show. The Peach and Black podcast are doing the B-Sides reviews. So, um, hey. without further ado, we'll, um, you've heard from one of the guys already, but we'll introduce them from left to right, player. Listen to the B-Side. <laughs> Toe Jam Hysterical B-side <laughs> And Captain, finally Bazinga Alright, one day we'll find out what all that means <laughs> But um, let's Anyone get... who watches the Big Bang Theory will know what that means Let's get straight into it Hopefully we're coming to you loud and clear from cyberspace um, Peach and Black Podcast are going to go nuts on this show Because there's just a lot of material A lot, a lot to talk about And uh, it should be good I think we're all pretty pumped um, some of us are on, on the podcast juice, so things are going to be interesting. Okay. I'm drinking sarsaparilla. First things first. Uh, before we start talking about B-sides and songs and all, all sorts of things, uh, it sounds like thunderclouds in the background. So I'll, I'll, I'll go into um, just, uh, before we go into the, like I said, much anticipated B-sides show, uh, if anyone, if, if no one's got anyone else to, anything else to say, um, a while back, we did uh, another famous Peach and Black podcast show. Uh, World the, famous. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, the Sydney Opera House Challenge. Some of you listeners might remember the show. Hopefully, um, you've all listened to it. Where we, uh, you know, it, it's all tongue-in-cheek. It wasn't a serious thing. We are just having a bit of fun. But we challenged Prince to... To consider uh, and, and ideally to, to follow through on the idea of performing his music, a selection of his music, with a uh, full symphony orchestra. Um, you know, 48 piece, probably a minimum, 64 piece would be brilliant. Um, and, you know, you might have the MPG there or the band, depending on the configuration, all those sorts of things. But can you just imagine um, some of Prince's. Um, greatest tunes with, with an orchestral accompaniment and background and, you know, all, all the, the, the works. Um, so that, that show was very well received um, by all reports, but even though we discussed some songs on that during that episode, before we go into the B-sides, I just want to run down a, an, a, the official MC, or I should say MC's official uh, Prince live with Symphony Orchestra tour dream set list <laughs> and and I have spent countless hours going through Prince's back catalogue looking for songs that not only I love but would just really suit that uh, environment and that sort of um, event so without further ado I'm now going to read you guys the set list um, and, and listeners none of the other three Peach and Black podcasters have never uh, they haven't heard any of this so some of it will be a surprise obviously some of the material they might have chosen as well but uh, it'll be interesting to get some reactions and some comments so 
All right. It's sometime in the 2000s, 2010, let's say, uh, Sydney Opera House, lights go down. Full house, packed out, night one of, of 10 shows or whatever it is. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Are you guys ready? Are you excited? With it. Okay. Yeah. Here comes the intro. Crystal the- ball. No, 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 no. See, wrong. <laughs> uh, this is the official Dream Set list. Sung by choir, a cappella, the first song for you. The first song that a Prince officially recorded on his album. Nice, nice choice, nice choice. Begin at the beginning. Can you imagine? Oh my God. Then it sags into the piano synth-based instrumental that Rad and a couple of other people, I think, played as the intro to the 2003 Australian concerts. I'm not sure if you guys remember that, but it was brilliant. Yeah. Then Spotlight and Thunder in the background for opening song, Thunder. (laughs) Crazy, crazy, right? Then that goes through straight into Boom. Uh, Full Symphony Orchestra. Boom yeah, finishes up. Mad. I can I can hear that. Yeah, the stabs, the stabs. Yep. Then it goes into <laughs> then it goes into track number three, pop life. Nice. Oh. Brings the house down. People are. You can hear the, the see, like, trumpets and everything. All the songs before that, kind of having like dark lighting, and then suddenly pop life. You know, you, the lights brighten up, kind of thing. I can yeah, ugly lights. The ugly lights come on, and everyone sees each other. <laughs> Pop Life finishes up and they go into a full band version of Diamonds and Pearls. Is Rosie there? With orchestra. Rosie makes a comeback just for these oh, gigs. Oh, okay. Diamonds and Pearls finishes up and they go into the Question of You full orchestral version. And then, just to blow everyone's minds yet again, they go into another 85 classic Raspberry Beret. Yeah. Slow it down for Little Red Corvette. Bring it back like up. the Montreux version? Better, better. better. <laughs> bring it back up. Bring it back up to, to a bit of a more rocking pace with the morning papers completely oh, yeah. out of left field. Then oh, a bit more serious with the love we make. Ooh. Goes into another gear, and this is where it gets interesting. Starts it up with a million days, then the same December, and then a medley of Into the Light and I Will. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, crazy, right? <laughs> then they go into Saviour of Emancipation. <laughs> Michael B is hitting those skins. And speaking of Michael B, we're getting we're coming towards the end of it, or at least the last third, Strays of the World. Okay, Whoa. that'll be good. Strays yeah. of the World absolutely tears the Opera House a new one. That could be the best. <laughs> that's, that's probably the best one you've said so far. Strays of the World, oh, God. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> I'm assuming the Oh God Toe Jam was... Not a, a fan. Not a fan. No? Straight okay. <laughs> really? No. Oh. no. Okay, well, let's see if you're a fan of this one. The the, 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 the dust has settled, and, and but there's still smoke in the arena or in the opera house. Empty Room opens up the last third of the show. Of Here course. we go. Then goes into Taomo Corazon, or Corazon, however you pronounce it. And check this out for the for the end of the set list before the first um, encore. The beautiful ones yeah. going into the ladder, finishing off the 
the main part of the set list with the orchestral version of Purple Rain. Okay. Uh, yeah, you have then to do that. Interlude, God Instrumental by Orchestra Only. Nice. Then they yeah. play an instrumental of Curious Child. Which I was going to say Curious George. I'm which, like, <laughs> which segues into the first encore, Crystal Ball. Of course. Yeah. And look at the finish of this show. George. <laughs> they go into an orchestral medley after Crystal Ball of Christopher Tracy's Parade, Mountains, When Two Are In Love, Starfish and Coffee, and then finishing with a full band, full orchestra version of Adore. Okay. <laughs> Insane, right? Uh, that's the longest encore ever. First encore done. Comes back, comes back, comes back onto the stage because the, the crowd won't let him go. It's I just know, ridiculous. I know, I know in this second encore, you've got to have Anastasia in there. Wait, wait, wait. The second and final encore begins with Old Friends for Sale. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> then moves into Three Chains of Gold. Oh, God, that's good. <laughs> comes all the way down with full gospel accompaniment for Still Would Stand All Time. Of course. And then just before the finish, you guessed it, Captain, the most That's spiritual version off. possible of Anastasia. Uh-huh. And the official last full band orchestral song to finish off the entire night of this Live and Symphony tour is... Jughead. Gold. <laughs> it's just gold in there. It finishes with gold, and I reckon, then I reckon Jughead. As everyone's leaving the stage and they're taking their bows, and people are in shock, and it's all just absolutely going ape. <laughs> the outro, Prince comes out with at a grand piano and does a th- three-song quick medley of <laughs> Venus de Milo, Gamilla and Arboretum and then leaves the stage. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Like about a 70 song? There's like about 89 songs in there. That's only two and a half hours with a toilet break. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so, would you go see that? Hell yeah. Oh man, no filler there. Man, you put right. a lot of thought into that. Yeah, there's a lot of thought behind that. Wow, you got that. You, you had the letter in there. You got to have the letter. Oh yeah, I'm just I, you're just salivating. But let's okay. Let's let's go into it. Um, <laughs> after that ridiculous show, um, let's talk about the B side. So all right, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the after show. The after show track list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the same place. <laughs> okay. So, what are we all here? Why are we all here today? What are we here f- to discuss? It's the B-sides. Um, we've chosen our favorite three. Each po- Peach and Black podcast person <laughs> has chosen their top three B-sides. And uh, I don't know how it happened, but we didn't overlap at all. Uh, but we will probably end up um, discussing each other's choices as we go along. So, um, without further ado, and with all that nonsense that we talked about earlier now behind us, let's go into our famous B-Sides show, and who's opening it up? Uh, You. uh, That's right. Shock. (laughs) Shock horror. My first... (laughs) Spoiled the surprise. My first choice is... Shock-a-delugar. 
Shockadelica is my, is one of my favorite B-sides ever, and it, so it had to be part of my my top three. Um, yeah, well, I don't know where to start on this song. I haven't got too many notes on it, but it's just every time I hear it, I I, I love it. I just turn it up, I blast it really loud. Um, but the main things that that I love about it, the Lin programming is absolutely classic. It starts off with. Am I correct in saying that it starts off with the housequake beat, the beat yeah, off of the housequake? Pretty similar, yeah. Yeah, like it's real close, and um, yep. and then it goes into the high pitched Camille vocal or, or vocals because there's a, there's a there's a bit of layering happening there as well, and then the lyrics they're so detailed and vivid. Um, I love the terminology. Some of the words and images that he conveys is just brilliant. The bass is also pretty cool. It's simple, but it's just thumping and. I don't know if you guys can hear this as well, but uh, there's there's a bit of uh, I guess you'd call it reverb of him when he slaps slaps the bass and the strings just reverberate right at the end, and he's, and he's just left in the recording. He's just brilliant. The guitar is the star though. Um, heavy chords, mm-hmm. just absolutely manic, brilliant soloing. The groove, trademark screams, shouts, weird noises, a bit of rhythm guitar flourishing. It's just this kind of discordant synth lines and. Manipulated sounds, Shockadelica. Oh, that's it. I'm, that's a wrap. Shockadelica <laughs> is an absolute monster jam of a song. <laughs> All right, so uh, Captain, what are your thoughts on uh, Shockadelica? It's the funkiest track, one of the funkiest tracks he's ever done, and it just, it just, it's scary that this is the, the sort of stuff that he was putting on B sides when anyone else this would be like the main song, the lead single off an album. And he's just sticking it on the B side like it's it's nothing. That's just that's crazy. But um, it's just too funky. The guitars, the guitars are just insane, and the lyrics and the backing vocals and the the funky drum beat. And I don't think there's anything in this whole song that I don't like. But it just reminded me as well. I was thinking about it today. I, I, when I was in a band years and years ago, we used to play a cover of this, but instead of Shockadelica, we sang "Blow Your Head Off." Because <laughs> that's what this song makes me want to do. It's just crazy. <laughs> Every time I got to the chorus, instead of saying Shukadelica, we'd say Blow Your Head Off. And it was excellent. It was just a great song. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's definitely unexpected. <laughs> Did you ever so record it? Um, I'm sure I've got some rehearsals of it somewhere. Yeah. Mm. We'll have to listen I'll, to I'll it. Have to find we, it. We, we might put it on the show. We're <laughs> 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 Emphasis on might. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, who's next? Player, what do you think about this track? Oh, well, it's an instant classic. I mean, there isn't a person that I've met that doesn't like this track. Everyone loves this track. Um, I think we're all familiar with the history of it being... Jesse Johnson doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. He had a... I think that's what he was going to call his album. And he did call it on that, yeah. Yeah, and um, Prince heard it in advance, but he said that a great album, and he thought it was great, but he said a great album should have a great um, lead song off the, the album title with track. the same name. Yeah, title track. <laughs> so he went and made this track, and that really pissed Jesse off. So, <laughs> I mean, it's such a great song too. Mm. Um, B-side of If I Was Your Girlfriend. It's just... It's, it's just straight raw. That's that's all it is. It's raw. The drum machine, the synths, the guitar, the lyrics, the production just has a, such a rawness about it. Mm. And just like, you know, just the things that he puts in there, like, you know, 
get up. You've been laying on my guitar, you nasty bitch. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat it. Yeah, Raw's, Raw's one word for it. Uh, Tay Jam, what are your thoughts? Um, I really like Shockadelica. I probably wouldn't go as far as you guys saying it's instant classic or anything like that. Uh, shoot me down. But, um, yeah, Bang. what I do like about shoot it... Shoot the duck. Shoot the duck. Sorry. No, what I do like about it, and a lot of the songs from this era, is the way that he mucks around with the speed on the guitars, the speed on the drum beat. And, like, you can imagine yeah. someone playing this on a record, putting it on and going, oh, what the hell, have I got the right speed? Because, you know, you could play it at all these different speeds and hear different things in the right speed kind of thing. I like the way he mucks around with that. It's cool. Mm. And, um, yeah, I... I you know, I like those kind of... It's very dark, this song, eh? It's, you know, it's really yeah. dark and kind of strange and, you know, there's nothing funkier than Weird Prince and this is one of the weirdest ones. <laughs> but, um, yeah, of, you know, of all the Sign of the Times material and all the B-sides from that era, I, I wouldn't say this is instant classic, but, yeah, it's still very good. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, again, like, you know, as a B-side, you know, this would kick anyone's A-side off the planet. <laughs> With the Jesse right. Johnson story... I read somewhere that Prince did offer the track to Jesse Johnson before he put it on the on his own single. But Jesse turned it down because he didn't want the one s- song written by Prince on the album to be the title track. Uh, because he okay. he was trying to get out from under Prince's shadow, um, you know, and he I, didn't want to take the track. I can't imagine Jesse singing this, though. <laughs> apparently. Mm. Allegedly. Yeah. All right. Well, that I mean that was that was my pick. Uh, I, I think it's a classic. I agree with Player. It's an instant classic, and just every time I hear it, it's just it takes me into another place. And no, no one makes music like this, like this guy, I should say. Um, but okay, let's move on. Uh, Captain, uh, what's your first B-side choice? Favorite B-sides? It is another sign of the times. Classic B-side that goes for ten minutes and about forty-five seconds. <laughs> It's called La 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 He He He. Oh, man, I love that song. Oh, we have to mention, if you've only got the hits and the B-sides, you are really missing out. Because <laughs> you've got that, like the three-and-a-half-minute edits of all these really long, great tracks. So go and buy some vinyl, because that's about the only place you're going to find most of it. <laughs> um, okay, this song. I was looking for information about this song, and I read somewhere. Someone said... It, it came from a challenge from I don't know who from that Prince couldn't make a song out of the words la 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 he 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 with Sheena Easton mm. oh okay so this is a true story I didn't just yes. read some rubbish okay. no no it's true <clears throat> oh well I just want to say thanks to Sheena Easton then because look what we got how good is that <laughs> it worked ten and a half minutes almost eleven minutes and probably one of the best B-sides ever that he did. Maybe even one of the best songs? I don't know. Almost one of the longest as well. Mm. Uh, It's just so good. Classic Prince line after a classic Prince line in this song. It's got the, you know, where he's going, be cool, Rover, don't bite nobody. And then he does this absolutely (laughs) stupid laugh, and it's just hilarious. (laughs) And then you've got the dog bark drum thing all the way through. And it, which he used in other songs as well, and it's got funky guitar in there, and even the parts of this ended up in "I Want to Melt with You," which I remember when I first heard "I Want to Melt with You," I'm like, "Oh no, he didn't," and uh, it's just crazy. 
And and how can you forget the bass solo? The bass solo, which is about halfway through, which I think is in the... Is it the right-hand side? I don't know. Whatever side it is. It's in one side of headphones, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you can hear it. But there's the bass solo, and then other stuff happens. But then after like another minute or two, the bass solo's back. But it's it's a yeah. bit back. But it's still goes for like the whole rest of the song as well. <laughs> it's crazy. And it just goes and that. goes. And I want to put this song on right now. I'm just got a massive <laughs> smile on my face. <laughs> and it it's just great. I I remember when I got the vinyl and I played this like about eight thousand times in in a day. See, that's not even possible. That's just how, <laughs> that's how crazy it was. That's how crazy it was. But um. That's all I could say. Oh, I'll God. just repeat myself now. Before I hand it off to everyone else, I just got to agree with you on the bass solo because that's the one of only three notes that I've got on this track. Always the bass is off the chain. And if there's ever a track that you need to to um, to show a friend or someone that, of the fact that you know Prince is a, just an awesome bass player, that this is the one. Um, and I, I just kills it on on the on the rhythm on the rhythm guitar riffs as well. I really like them. You mentioned the dog sounds, but uh, that my favorite part of this entire song, and I'm not even going to try and attempt to sing it the way he does, is the li- <laughs> I can't even contain myself. The line where he, uh, <laughs> he gets upset, he's like, um, "You've got nine lives, I've only got one." <laughs> I just that love is excellent. That. <laughs> just, his voice is all screwed up on that. It just it's a, it, it sounds like it's about to break, <laughs> and then he goes, "Oh, <laughs> it's ridiculous." <laughs> Oh good! Like you can imagine Prince talking to a cat. <laughs> oh, hilarious! He only talks to his doves these days. Oh man, so that's really good. So I'll hand it over to Toe Jam. What do you think about this? Yeah, cool song. Um, I always saw this this one and Scarlet Pussy as kind of like sister and brother songs because they both got that kind of Atomic Dog kind of reference. You know, cats yeah. and dogs, yeah, together kind of thing. Um. And uh, yeah, the bass solo is awesome, and um, the horn lines in this. Oh man, Eric lives in the land of bliss. Some really cool horn lines. Um, the one I've got in my head at the moment, as we've been listening to it, is the one they used in the Love Sexy tour as well. At some stage, that. That's just so out there. And then in the background, you've got. Yeah, that's right. That's just crazy, that line. Like, you hear it, the first time you hear it, you think, what the hell is going on? And they all off, and then, you know, it just, it fits. It's like someone smacking up the side of your head, just, bat, uh, do, bat, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Good> stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. La, 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 he, he, great track. Player. This is a definition of a funk track, Prince style. <laughs> it's very sparse, just a drum beat, and in the verses until you get some of that chicken grease guitar and then you got like Tojem says the Eric Leeds and Atlanta Bliss horns to accent everything um, and I agree with Tojem I love the cat and dog analogies in the lyrics it's another one of those nonsensical Prince jams that's great to groove to um, there's also an Australian connection in this song huh? and it's got to do with the dog barks huh? the, the dog bark samples <laughs> on the snare is mm-hmm. a preset sound on the sampler he was using around this period. It's called a Fairlight. And the Fairlight's oh, an Australian okay. invention by Peter Vogel and Kim Rari. And when they... Is it really? Yeah, when they created the sampler, the very first sound they sampled was the was dog, dog barking <laughs> in the backyard. Yeah. 
Hmm. And I think this is the same dog that's used in the track. So I think it's a preset sound that Prince has used and um, hooked it onto the snare. That's hilarious. Cool. So, I didn't know that Fairlight was Australian. Yeah, they're made by two Sydney guys. Mike Oldfield used the Fairlight. Everyone used the oh, Fairlight. A lot of people. That was, that was like the 80s. Yeah, it was yeah. like 20 grand. 26 <laughs> grand or something. Clay, you were digging deep for that bone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love it. And the Dog Bark refrain was resurrected on I Want to Melt With You from the Symbol album. Yeah. Um, and I also love the back cover artwork with Cat and, mm. and the guitar. Prince in drag. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Very good. Oh, yeah. I, actually, you just reminded me. And then right after that, it goes, say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. I was thinking Hilarious today, for, for anyone who I could be included in this group of people who were saying, you know, the new stuff's not as good as the old stuff. And I, I thought he could, sh- he should go and make a track like this, you know, do a ten-minute just funk extravaganza with bass solos all over the place. But then I thought, then everyone would say he's just repeating himself. So, yeah, you know, P Funk was probably pretty. That was pretty. Um, I was thinking that too. That was pretty playful and all and all over the place. That was an awesome song. Mm. But it just didn't get a wide enough release. I would love if he did another track like this. But then, yeah, if he if he doesn't do it, you'll get people saying this. And if he does do it, they're going to be saying, yeah. oh, he's just repeating himself. He's run out of ideas, which is exactly what they're saying anyway. It's always going to be like that until the end of time, I think. That's but just if, he, if he did it, like, you know, part two of this, I, I would not complain one bit. <laughs> It'd be great. La, 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 he, 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 ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Big now, Christmas song. Do a that's Christmas like, song. That's like Bob Dylan now. Let's, let's not go there. <laughs> if anyone hasn't heard what I'm referring Bob to, Bob Dylan check did out. a Christmas album and it was horrible. Oh, actually, I love that song. I love that. I Is forget it what Bob it's called. Bob Dylan from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh. Yeah. All right, we're ready for 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 players players' choice. Yep. All right, let's go. What's your one of your favorite B sides? I'm hitting you with Alexa de Paris. Wow. This is probably one of the greatest Prince instrumentals ever. Um, the mood and, it, and emotion it evokes transcends the listener to a whole new level. It's so dreamlike. Like Toe Jam says, it's like written in a dream. Um, the guitar is so melodic, and it's great to hear guitar from the parade era, period, because Mountains has the Wild Wild guitar, Kiss has Chicken Grease, but there's nothing really on parade that has guitar mm. like this. Not even on, on the uh, Hit and Run tour, like, Prince was dancing really around. Yeah, it was mainly Miko and Wendy on the guitar. So to have a track like this uh, as part of the parade era is, is quite cool. Um, the drums, is that Prince or Sheila E doing the drums? Because If that's Prince, Prince wow. I think Sheila E because it was recorded live, I think, with the orchestra. Yeah. Like, I'm guessing it'll be Sheila E. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty tricky stuff in there. Yeah, he's, I he's, mean, good. he's good, but he's not that good. Yeah, I mean, if you pay close attention to the hi-hat, there's some really beautiful patterns played on the hi-hat and those crazy drum fills almost sound like they're being camelled in places like um jam (laughs) said there's places where it just sort of is is sped up and just those fills where it goes you know (laughs) it just sounds like it's sped up um the claire fisher strings just layers the track and gives it that genesis choir this also has a strong uh wendy and lisa influence through it um very laid back in its execution it just oozes class and demonstrates the level of um, 
musicianship that Prince is capable of. I love this song. Ooh. Okay, okay. Toe Jam, what are your thoughts on Alexa de Paris? Yeah, awesome instrumental. Um, you know, whenever I play this, I sort of vision it in my head like them in a studio and, like, he's got, like, the little orchestra there, Sheila E on the drums, and I can just imagine him, like, just sort of standing on, like, a pedestal above everyone playing the guitar, like, just sort of watching everyone. everyone. <laughs> like, this is what vision I have in my head when I hear it. And, um, yeah, you know, the guitar solo, to me, it's a really cool medley, uh, melody, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's a little bit sloppily played. Like, uh, I, I would have liked to maybe done, you know, one or two more takes and just to clean it up a little bit, but, you know, on the other hand, if you do that, perhaps you're missing out on some spontaneity, so uh, just a little side thing. Um, yeah, and so these kind of instrumentals aren't exactly the kind of thing Prince does that often, and especially from this era as well. It's a bit of a, a special one. And also for people like myself who kind of came into Prince a bit later than a lot of people, um, talking like late 90s, you know, this song was actually a real discovery because it wasn't on the hits and B-sides. So it wasn't until I'd sort of got all the albums that then I thought, okay, now I better start searching for all these missing B-sides I don't have. And, you know, finally you find a, a rare copy of, uh, this is the days before the internet, of course, uh, you find a copy of, you know, a 12 inch of... Um, mountains. Mountains. And yeah, oh, I got this oh, one oh. and you listen to it and it's just completely different to what you expect. So uh, that's a nice hidden gem. I actually got this off um, the CD single for Let It Go. Let It Go, the UK version. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's that, the only that time crazy. this track's ever been on CD. It's insane when you think about it. It's just amazing. Uh, Captain, have you got your thoughts on this? Um, everyone said everything I was going to say. Uh, the drumming and the Claire Fisher and the orchestra and the, the, the atmospheric things and uh, the guitar's good. Everyone said that. Um, the only thing I've got here that no one said was someone said it reminded them of Gustav Mahler in some places, which makes sense because we know he was listening to Gustav Mahler around 86. Okay. And he yeah, even mentioned... Exactly. So that's a possibility, but I've never heard anything that I know of, so I wouldn't know. But that's it. <laughs> All right. I like, um... I, li- I like this track. It should have been on the B-sides instead of some of the other stuff that was on the... Actually, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say, I like this track as well, and I wish it was on that B-Sides disc. That would just make that mm. disc... I, I don't know how you could make that disc better, but maybe this is one of the one of the ways. But yeah, now, MC, did you have this in your set list? Uh, well, let me just open up the set list. I don't think you did. Uh, so you got this, you have Strays the World, and you don't have this. Hold on. <laughs> I'm opening then, it up. And this is probably his most orchestrated yeah. track. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. The reason why I don't have it in here is because we're reviewing it for the B-Sides show. That's why. <laughs> That's my excuse yeah. and I'm sticking to it. Because you, you, you'll notice that I didn't use any other B-Sides in that in that marathon set list. No, anyway, all right, you caught me out, Tejo. But, um, yeah, well, I agree. Uh, I think... Uh, I'll just end my Alexa de Paris review by saying Alexa de Paris, Sydney Opera House, 2010. That's it. Piano medley now. Yeah. Uh, And this is the the after show. (laughs) Um, Let's go to track number four, uh, which is, or I should say, the fourth choice of the night, and it's to Toe Jam with his first favourite B-side. And that is Irresistible Bitch. Uh, Hurt me. Hurt me. 
You know, the 1999 era, all the songs, the album, the B-side, it's just, that to me is classic Prince. And this song, this song is so deformed. It's so, it's like, <laughs> it's like perverted fun, this thing. It's demon-like. Uh, man, where to begin, where to begin? Okay. There's, there's so much energy in the bass and the drums throughout the song. They're just, like, cranking, like, there's so much energy. But then the vocals come in, and they're just, like, so blasé. They're just, like, oh, every Friday night I call you up. It's just such a <laughs> such a great, um, what do you call it, like, contradiction. Contrast, well. yeah. Contrast, yeah. Contradiction, my prediction. Yeah. Um, and I've also got here, you know, I can imagine this song sort of coming out in 82, 83, around the same time as Thriller, and, like, you can really see why people saw, like, you know, they might have seen Thrill and gone, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then you hear this and, like, man, Prince is just a freak. He is the real freak. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, just stuff, like, towards the towards the end where it's like, everybody, everybody. everybody and it just gets crazier and crazier. Everybody, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> just come on. It. It's just too funky. You're almost expecting a dog bark in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, you've got all the intro, the studio chatter in the intro, and you've got this church bell running through it. It's just, oh, it's just so whack, this song. I love it. I love it. Um, oh, man, what have I still got? There's, and there's, there's no treble on the vocals again. It's just it's just so dead, the vocals. And I, I love that. Mm. Um, and it's kind of messy as well. It's just so, it's like there's so much energy just bubbling there. It's kind of messy, but it just adds to the feel to it, I think. And then the song finishes with this massive, like, Four-part harmony. Um, oh, I forget what they're saying now, but it's like, where did that come from? You know, crazy stuff. And then you got the bridge, stolen all my honey. It's just like, slow and <laughs> played it off like it was a joke. <laughs> like, oh, this. You know, normally the bridge is like, you know, the, and the music's so uplifting in the bridge. But then he's just got this. Oh, boohoo! Stolen all my honey. <laughs> is it honey or money? I always thought it was money. I think it might be honey. I don't know. I've always heard it as honey. I've got two lines for you, Toe Jam. Yeah. Why am I so faithful, honey? Why are you so loose? <laughs> <laughs> and this is also like, you know, there's a bit of a theme here around this era, like with phone, songs about phones, like yeah. nothing, you know, me, neon telephone, um, if a girl answers, this kind of thing. There's all these songs about telephone conversations. It's just cool. So, yeah, that, I'm not going to spend too much more time because I'll just explode. It's so funky, this song. <laughs> I'll follow you up by saying that it is extremely funky. And before I hand it over to Captain, I'll just say, I love the bells. I love the spacey synth. And that, it's Prince on the drums, I just thought we should mention. And he's killing it. Yeah, yeah he sounds like Prince to me, yeah. Absolutely killing it. And it's just, it just shows you, like, that he's a, he's a, he's unique on every instrument he picks up. And it's just the drum patterns and the drum playing and the way that he, that he, that he hits the drums specifically. Um... Uh, and the pa- obviously the patterns and the- it's just it's in the pocket it's a it's it's an in the pocket groove and it just doesn't mm-hmm. let up so I, I love it um, Captain what do you think about this this song is just it's it's funk on a stick <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's unbelievable it's just it is such a sparse thing but it's just so damn funky it's 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 unbelievable and yeah it's Prince on the drums. And the the funky bass. There's a there's back there's this backwards thing through the whole track on a loop. Yeah. Which is just saying, I want you, I want you, irresistible bitch, and it just goes through the whole track backwards. Because I, I I reversed it. Echo. 
Echo. <laughs> See, we, we do our own, we do our live mixing on the Peter Black podcast. Yeah. You have to forgive us. <laughs> and um, at the end, he's doing that everybody dancing. And that wasn't that a song as well? He, I think he sang it at Sam's. Maybe. In, wow, now you're going back. That was a song. I'm sure everybody dance was a song. Yeah. Which yeah, probably yeah. came out probably came out of this. Toe Jam was saying it's, there's just the, the, there's a synth there, and there's at about two or three times just at totally random points throughout the song the synth just does something. Yeah. For like totally. two seconds, and that's it. Yeah. And then, you then you don't hear it for like another minute, and then it's like do do do, and that's it. <laughs> and then it's silent again, and it's there's like two or three of them, and I hear it, and I'm like, what? What, what was that? <laughs> and, then, and then you don't hear it again for another like minute, and then it's back just for another like second. It's just crazy. How cool is that little the little synth hook that sort of runs through it? Just that wow, yeah. And then it's like but, just two notes. And just, oh man! Did you, have you heard the there's there's the synth as well? It's right at the start of every time yeah. he says irresistible bitch. It goes just goes do do do, and it's at the start every time he says the the chorus, and you can just hear it. It's underneath the vocals, but it's just cool. But no, it's it's fun kind of stick. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's crazy. There's so much stuff to some of these songs. It's like listen to the B sides on headphones, please. It's just it's begging to be heard. That's all this. But, all but the again, that's that's the other thing. Even the feel you up on the B sides, it's edited. It's edited. Yeah, it's still a, it's still a major jam though. So anyway, let's go into um. Player. Oh, f- let's go into player. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Irresistible bitch. I mean, it's the B side of "Let's Pretend We're Married." So, I mean, that sets the whole tone of it. It's got to be filthy. <laughs> yeah, it's just nasty funk Prince classic. You know, the drums are kicking like you said, MC. If you want an example of Prince's capabilities on skins, look no further than this. Hmm. Um, the bell chimes in it, a nice touch. Um, the lyrics of the jilted lover who treats his women well but gets treated treated badly in return is a classic theme of Prince of this era. Well. Um, I think it's also clever getting Lisa to sing the chorus because if Prince sang the word bitch, it would come off as a bit misogynistic or, or like being a misogynist or whatever. But but he avoids that with the female vocal. It's just genius, this track. Um, I think the first time I heard it was um, on the Syracuse um, concert, oh, the VHS. Yeah. I didn't hear it as the B-side initially. I heard it on that concert. I thought, what's this song? This is really cool. Yeah, that goes off. Mm. And, yeah, and it wasn't later, like, as I started to get into Prince to realise where it came from. So, yeah, the, my first exposure to it was through that, that concert. So, oh, and he, very, played very possess- cool. he played Possessed. Yeah. Oh, that version yeah. of Possessed is unreal. Yeah. What do you mean, that version? How many versions have you heard, MC? <laughs> <laughs> As far as I know, that's an unreleased track. <laughs> that's a great observation, Captain. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Next. <laughs> All right. It, it, it might be time for me to talk about my second favorite B-side. Uh, and no, in no particular order, but this is the second one I'm going to talk about tonight. And um, I'll give you guys a hint. <laughs> that was all the way wrong. <laughs> the hell is that? I had about three right. Fill you up is what I'm talking I knew about. What it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just the, the horns. They're, they're so whack in the in the best way that I couldn't even replicate them myself. Um, 
it, Fill You Up is the track, and it is just un-freaking-real. It is just an awesome song in in every single area. Uh, I know all of these are, but this one starts off with this... I, I love just the intro drum break, um, yeah. and then it goes right into the beat, and then just doesn't let up the, the bass. Mm. Oh... That's it's ever, after every line. It's just ridiculous. Um, arranged perfectly into the mix. Way too funky. This this song is funkier than it than it. Like this this level of funkiness should not be allowed because it just makes you you put this on headphones and you just go to another world. The drum programming with the hi hat is brilliant. It's just it's got this nice effect on it and the effect on the vocal. I love it's. Um, it's kind of Camille-esque, but it, it's it's different. It's not the traditional Camille vocal. Uh, uh, and then the accent as well. I love it when it goes into the, um, I don't even want to be your man. I only want to feel you up. <laughs> this is really brilliant. Um, the synths are otherworldly, brilliant. Um, and the other thing is that the like I've mentioned the the, uh, the the drum the drum break, but the Lin drum is so bouncy and so trebly, and it just. It, it, it's just so pointy, brilliant, unbelievable drum programming. I'll finish this 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 little review off by saying that the horn samples are menacing. They are just, oh, I can't believe. I, I tried my best to replicate them, like uh, as I said earlier, and I couldn't do it. It's off the chain. Let me fill you up. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Dojam, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I have to agree with you. It's. It's you know it's similar to Irresistible Bitch. It's just funk personified. Um, actually, one thing I really like about this song is just the mix of all the instruments. I think it might be to do with um, you know all the sort of because this obviously comes from the sort of sign of the times period. Or that's how, how I always hear it. Um, and this is the one that came out. This was released as a Batman B side, and so and you know you compare the quality in terms of you know the digital sound. Uh, compare the, bat, the sound of Batman to say Love Sexy Sign of the Times uh, and there's a big jump in quality in terms of you know uh, going from analogue to digital recording uh, you know mixing and this kind of thing and um, so for that reason it, it just sounds really crisp uh, crisp compared to all the Sign of the Times songs um, and yeah again this is this is Party Man's B-side isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What a great combination great combination it's like total party funk uh, and you know, only Prince can get away with a song called "Feel You Up." Uh, you know, I don't want to be your man. I only want to feel you up. It's just, it's nasty, but it's just so funky and funny at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, great, great track, great track. Cool, player. What do you think? Yeah, again, classic. All these songs are classic. The, you know, it was first recorded in '82 and finally got released in '89 on the Party Man 12-inch with the video mix and the purple party mix and then you flip it over and you got this you know it's just <laughs> I like Toe Jam Sound it's, it's, it's far removed from the rest of the Batman project but not in a bad way it just seems like it's designed for a different project and it was just sort of tacked onto here and it's just it's like wow you know this is really cool um, there's no two ways as to what the title or the lyrics are referring to I, I like how it's just like a non-commitment non-relationship <laughs> it's just like he just wants to fill her up and that's it um, the, the, the drum machine is snapping in this track and then you've got the sexy Eric Leeds sax lacing the track 
And just like right at the very end, where he's just going, let me touch your body, baby, come on. Come on, let me touch your baby, come on. This is really cool. Hilarious. Captain, what do you think? I keep going last, and everyone's said everything. I'll start off with you. I wish it's never going to happen, but this is a song I want to hear him play live again. Because it'd just be great, but he, there's no way, there's no way it's gonna happen, anytime, anytime. I think something the the synth line in this track ended up as the horn line in "I Like Funky Music" on New Power Soul. Think about that one. Wow! Say it again. The synth line is the horn line. The synth line in this track is the horn line in "I Like Funky Music." I think I got that the right way around. Anyway, yeah, go and listen to that. Uh, it's just classic lyrics and the cool sort of Camille vocals and six and a half minutes is not long enough what to fill you up exactly <laughs> but I, I love how on the Party Man single it was fill you up and then in, in brackets long stroke that's yeah. just classic <laughs> <laughs> that is classic oh but yeah, god MC was saying you know this is just criminally funky he he, it was like what, 81 or 82 he sat on it for like 7 years before he put it out mm. um, I'm a funky man that's all I've got to say <laughs> okay. I'm a funky man come on dude. come on baby come on pretty come baby, on. pretty come on baby, baby come on <laughs> what if he's fucking the biggest pervert cause I'm a funky man I'm a funky man Alright, well, Funky Man, why don't you take us into your second choice for favourite oh, yeah. B-side? It's me. It's me. This song is called Escape, Free Your Mind From This Red Race. And this song, such a great intro, it opened every Love Sexy show, as far as I know. So that, that, that shows you how good it is. <laughs> I have no idea what this song's supposed to be about, but I like it. Just it's slamming. It's got the this funky bass line and guitar throughout the whole thing, and the horns, and it's got all these sound effects just randomly chucked in there, like in in the the glam slam remix as well. It's just sounds and don't get on the scale if you ain't got the weight. That's just classic. <laughs> that is classic. Who else is oh gonna say God. that? It's excellent. I was listening to this a bunch of times yesterday and today, and I was thinking. There's not anything specifically that's great about this song. Just the whole song is great. Just everything's where it should be, and it's just good. It's got such a love sexy sound. It's got the, the, the horns and the people in the background saying stuff. It's just such a love sexy track, and um, oh, it's great. Yeah. No punks allowed. Musical crucifixion. I don't know what that means. <laughs> going down. <laughs> player, what, do, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this, player? Yeah, this to me sounds like a real B-side in the sense that it's very bare bones in its production. Um, the, drum, the drums sound very raw with these little sound effects thrown in and the cartoon sounds mixed with the samples of from, from uh, Glam Slam. <laughs> I like it. It's it's a fun, playful track. It's a nice addition to the Love Sexy era. I don't know if it would fit on Love Sexy itself, but it has a very similar vibe to it. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's 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 just a really fun song. It's almost like a melting pot. What Captain said, it's just all over the. A lot of things come together to make it as as good and as mm-hmm. as funky as it is. Um, I think actually changes up time signatures at some point. I had it in my notes, but that could be completely wrong. Um, maybe Toe Jam will call me out on that. And and just before I go into Toe Jam, the horns. I think the horns are off the chain. They're great um, in Escape. That horns are. Wow, there's so so much, so much great horn arranging arranging and playing on all, on a lot of these B sides, but here, just brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, nothing more to say. Uh, actually, no, there is. I lo- love it when he actually calls in the bass before he plays it. Bass. Yeah. Everybody tripping on the party bass. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, Toe Jam, what are your thoughts on this? He obviously doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> or it just blew his mind. All right, well, I'll chuck at the toe jam now. What do you think about Escape? Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Um, you know, to be honest, I've probably only listened to this song probably less than 10 times total. Uh, and it's just one of the... It's, I don't know, it's just never really struck me. It's kind of... It, like Player said, it kind of comes across a bit B-side, maybe a bit more B-side than... I would like, and um, again, I do like the horn lines, that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to have to have a listen again a few more times to this one because um, it's one of those songs that when I hear it, I go, "Yeah, it's not bad," but it's it never really captured me, and it doesn't really uh, do much for me, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, escape. Fifteen minutes ain't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, play up. What is your second favourite B-side? It would have to be the B-side of I Wish You Heaven. And, of course, I'm talking about Scarlet Pussy. Wow. I'm going um, to soundbite you on that one day. You're just going <laughs> to insert that random into the show. And, of course, I'm talking about... <laughs> um, see, I was a young team when this came out. And I, <laughs> I, I went to the shop, I bought the 12-inch, bring it home, and then you got the... T- the 10 minute version of I Wish You Heaven and you flip it over and you got this black label there's nothing yes. on it and it just says Camille Scarlet Pussy and like at, at that time like no one knew what Camille was like I thought Camille was like like a side act of Prince's like it, and Prince was doing like you know was the brains behind it like you never knew until years later what actual Camille was it's a nasty funk track nasty lyrics um, the humour in the track with the lamb barring, I really love that. Um, and oh, I always wondered, the lamb that goes bah through it. Was that supposed to be a lamb? I, I, it's at the start and the end of the song, isn't it? Yeah. It goes, it's, it's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I never knew what the hell it was supposed to be. <laughs> I always wondered, is it Chiller? Is, is, is it Chiller E or Cat doing the lead, doing the co-lead vocals? Does anyone know? It sounds like Shirley to me. No anyway, idea. It's just a very strange classic that everyone should check out. It's a really, really cool song. All right. Next. Okay. Uh, who do we go to? Let's say Captain. What do you think of Scarlet Pussy? <laughs> Love saying that. <laughs> this this song is just weird. It's 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 like Pussy Control. It's just not. It's not a song that you'll play to your friends. <laughs> say that. I mean. You're not going to go and talk to your friends about this song. 
it's a it's like a secret song that you listen to in your <laughs> private house <laughs> by yourself. You're not gonna go like quoting lines from it or anything. Well, you could. You could. Like shoot your ego all over the sheets. Oh, oh, a classic that. line. <laughs> it's oh, the lyrics in this. They're oh. but it's just a, such a simple beat. Then the funky guitars. And you notice no one was complaining about Darth Vader when he did this track. Mm. No. Because Darth Vader no. was funky back in whenever it back was, in, Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah, but I, I said as well, I wonder who's doing the background vocals on this. I don't know who it is. Um, and yeah, again, you've got the, dog, the cat and dog theme. You're still going with that. It's not one of my favorite songs. It's just this cool, weird, funny track. It's like a, it's a secret, you know. You listen to it in private. <laughs> That's the best thing. It's like the complete opposite of I Wish You Heaven. It's like you got the A side, <laughs> yeah, and it's exactly. like this uptick track, and then you flip it over, and you've got this dark side. It's really cool. It's like it's the perfect then, match for this, this, this song. But think about that player. That's mm. the whole Love Sexy tour. Exactly, All the first yeah. half was all the old well, stuff, yeah. and then you got all the new stuff, the religious yeah. stuff in the second yeah. half. Yeah, that was interesting. That, that, yeah. That's interesting. The good and evil and all that. Yeah, it's really cool. Really, really cool. Okay. Uh, Toe Jam. Scarlet Pussy. I like me some pussy, personally. Particularly when it's of the Scarlet variety. So. <laughs> and the song, Sir, Sir Toe oh, Jam? Oh, the song. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, classic 87 Prince Funk stuff again. Uh, yeah, like everyone said, the, the cat and dog reference and uh, the guitars are really cool in this song. That just cool little guitar leaks throughout, uh, and the lyrics as well, quirky. You know, what is it, filthy rich yuppie or virgin teenager kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking about? Yeah, it's just awesome. Um, what's the cat? What's the cat? <laughs> yeah, and, and that sheep sound. I always thought it was supposed to be like a cat meowing. Wow. Yeah, I thought that would make sense. Mm. I thought it would be a cat because that's the song, but it it does sound like a lamb. Yeah. It's a sheep now you think about it. (laughs) And I like the ending too, how it finishes, and you think it's finished, and then you get the little... Doo-doo. Doo-doo. Doo-doo-doo-doo. Oh, man. He's taken the cat and dog thing at the extra step. Now it's sheep as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what a song. I don't know that I've said anything about this, but uh, it's just quirky Prince, freaky, freaky deaky Prince at his best, um, along with, you know, la la la, he he he, shockadelica, oh, fill you up, all that kind of stuff. It's, that'd be, that'd make a great album, I reckon. Um, It's funny, it's got some crazy lyrics. It's called um, the Camille album. Yeah, I, I like the female vocals. Uh, he, how he puts them in, uh, and that you know there's a, they're playing they're they're playing parts they're role playing in this song. I, I like that side of it, um, and it's uh, yeah, like you mentioned Darth Vader before, but it's it's Darth Vader getting down and. Uh, but see, this time he's he's qualified. That's yeah. why. <laughs> 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 so it's interesting, and uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Uh, it's got some there's some cool chord progressions happening as well in this song. Um, I think someone mentioned the guitar and that's what I'm referring to. But yeah, Scarlet, yeah, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just you know, it's, it's like it's straight out of George Clinton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Um, so that's that's it's just an awesome track. Um, so then we go into Toe Jam and um, a personal favorite of his potentially his second favorite B side. Uh, and that is Seventeen Days, classic. Oh yeah, classic B side. Oh, uh, well, the main thing I really like about this is the way he uses musical elements to. Um, sort of tell the story and get the effect of, you know, of the rain coming down. Uh, it's just, you know, so many subtle little, subtle little things, but it's just brilliantly done. Uh, you've got, like, the, the really light percussion in the background. Um, kind of reminds me of, like... Tam- tambourine. Yeah, yeah, tambourine, sort of shush, 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 shush. And you've got the light, you know, kind of like little cowbell things. I don't know what you call them. Um, and it, it just gives you this impression that there's, like, you know, rain falling outside kind of thing. And then you've got that melody line, dun, 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 and it's like you know drips of water uh, coming yeah. down, and it's and then you've got these you know this keyboard swell that goes throughout it, and then when the, the actual chorus comes in, it's the same swells but they just hold a little bit longer, so it's like you know the rain's getting heavier kind of thing, uh, and you know the guitars this sort of a wet chorus effect on the guitar, it's just such a brilliant simple idea to like you know create the sound of the rain but using all the elements of, you know, the funk rock genre to do that. It's just, just brilliant. Uh, another one of the phone songs that has, you know, songs about phones. Uh, and it's just a brilliant li- lyric. Like, you know, all these things that have happening to him. And so it's just let the rain come down. I mean, it's just, it's so sad, but it's so like, well, you know, life goes on kind of thing at the same time. And I love the way at the end, uh, 3 minutes 30, it all comes together. So you get the, metal, the melody line, the vocals, and all the, all the effects all coming together in the final chorus. Just really awesome composition, composition-wise. And the bass is just cranking on the song as well, but the not enough. The question is, who's, play, who's playing the bass, though? Is it Brown Mark or is it Prince? That's the question. Uh, yeah, I think it's a Revolution track, isn't it? I'll have to check, but I'm pretty sure it's credited to the Revolution. Whoever it be, it got yeah. to be funky. <laughs> yeah. That's all. But, um, yeah, simple little bass. That kind of thing. Just... Classic Minneapolis bass. Uh, great song all around. 17 days. All right, all right. Capitan, what do you think of this? This, I think it is... I wrote hypnotic, because that's what I think it is. <laughs> the bass, it's just the... Yeah, like, it's the most simple bass you could do. It is... It's so effective. It's just uh, good. Now, this, this song was originally written for Brenda... You know, Vanity yep. Six, Apollonia Six. Yeah. And that was going to be her song. And then that didn't happen. And then it was going to go on the Vanity Six second album, and then that didn't happen. So then he finally put it out himself. And this this could have easily been on an album. I mean, this is one of the best B-sides ever that he's done. This mm. could have easily been an album track. It could have yeah. been a single. It could have been a single. <laughs> it, it's that good. And it really has that Purple Rain sound to it as well. Like, yeah. It does. It does. It. If if someone asked you, you know, what does the revolution sound like? Playing this song, because mm. it's got it's got all the stuff in there, and and the prince is probably laughing, going, "Oh, I, I did it all myself. Uh, there's no revolution there." Um, <laughs> who knows the full name of this track? It's like uh, yeah. three sen- It's like three sentences long. That's right. And I don't even know it. It's 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 17 days. Let the rain come down. Then you'll have to choose if you believe. Look to the dawn and you shall never lose. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. It's the title. 
Does that win the award for the longest Prince track name ever? Mm. I think it, it, it must. It must. It's up there. It's up there. Mm. What else could there be? Nothing else is that long. There's nothing. His Prince song. There's nothing else that long, I'm sure. I'm sure the people on our forums will get back to us on that one. That's, that's a long day. It is, yeah. Yeah, 17 days. It's great. All right. Player, are you feeling this song? Uh, I definitely feel this song. Um, but there's nothing really much more I can add. I mean, yeah, it was a Vanity 6 offering. Um, when Vanity left, it was going to go to Apollonia 6, but he decided to keep it. I mean, you can hear Brenda on the song, especially towards the end as it fades out. Um, but yeah, being the B-side of When Doves Cry, I mean, it, you know... A lot of people perfect. would have heard it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, what a great song. And, you know, I think there was a lot of talk about the Purple Rain soundtrack being a, a, two, a double album or whatever, because there was a lot of material from that era. And yeah, I, I would assume that this would have made it onto it, but... It's it's just a Prince classic. I've heard a lot about that. You know, it could have been a double album, but I don't think there was ever any plan for it to actually happen. But there was. He just wrote a lot of songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic the way it is anyway. Yeah. But yeah, um, to, to hear it again in the um, 2003 um, soundcheck, just amazing. Just That was, that was brilliant, the, eh? Did the twins sing this song? Yeah, or they more like murdered and they, it. They, and they <laughs> molested it. <laughs> yeah, luckily they 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 weren't singing. Back, actually, no one was singing background vocals at the sound check. It was just a kind of really bare bones seventeen days. But it was yeah. Oh, remember that? That was definitely sticks in the memory. Um, yeah, there's not much else I can add on this. The only thing I can say is that it's just classic bass playing and it's repeating what everyone else said. Um, and and it's that kind of. Classic Minneapolis sound, and it's and it's so simple that I don't. A lot of people tend to maybe overcom would overcomplicate that, but it just you know he Prince tends to and not only in this song but in a lot of his music um, uh, serve the song uh, instead of instead of just you know um, uh, overcomplicate things. So it makes it a really cool cool track, and I'd love to hear this live again. Um, in in a proper full band arrangement, that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, I've just got to uh, say, there is no extended version of this song. There is a version that's like circulating, but it's just a fan made thing, mm. which goes for like ten minutes. I think it's three three fifty three fifty five or something. Mm. The version that everyone's got. There is no yeah. extended version. Yeah, it's it's perfect though. It's just like a that perfect pop song. Yeah. Um, all right, well, back to me again, and my third and final B-side choice. You going to take a guess? <laughs> I, I think I could. <laughs> All right, well, the third, my third choice is She's Always In My Hair. Six and a half minutes of greatness, in brackets. <laughs> which, which, the more I think about it, is probably my favorite of the three B-sides that I've chosen out of Shockadelica and Fill You Up. Uh, overall, this is an absolutely killer amazing piece of work it's pure perfection from first note hit to last note um it's just the drum the drum programming and the patterns are just perfectly again it just serves the song it's so controlled and the programming so effective um it just snaps in and out 
of 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 the beat and and the percussion effects are so cool. I love the the snare; it's just awesome. It's got that weird splashing sound, and it's been mixed so that it, it it's actually has been either left in the mix as it was recorded or um, kind of heightened because it just really comes through and it just psh, psh, really just comes through and it's brilliant, brilliant to listen to. And then you got a few finger symbols thrown in just from time to time. The lead line on the synth is just radical, very Minneapolis sound, just pure funk, but it's trippy as well. It's like trippy funk. I don't know how to explain it. Um, the story and the message is quite introspective to a, to a degree. Um... I guess he's talking about we don't know exactly what he's talking about but to me it's it sounds like an ode to women or a particular woman in point and we'll leave it there and there's just so much going on the bass is popping his playing is awesome he's just hitting all sorts of notes ghost notes everything but you know backwards and forwards stuff the background vocals are top notch it's just some great pitch changes as well towards the end of it and the thing that I really love about is just like the bass playing is just the bottom it's it's the the bottom end is just brilliant and um i actually really really like the bass playing that larry graham does on the little two or three minute version they do on the raven to the joy raven to the year 2000 dvd it just really pops it and the guitar solo how could i not mention that it's just badass <laughs> every note is unconditionally great um, it's just monumental, and he's—I think someone might be able to tell me exactly what kind of scales he's using. But whatever they are, whatever kind of scales he's playing, they just sound unconventional to me. Um, and he doesn't usually play that type of stuff, so it's really, really interesting to hear. Um, yeah, what can I say? Screams, bass popping, guitar, everything—amazing song, absolutely amazing. Anyone want to grab at this? What more can you say? I mean, <laughs> he covered pretty much everything. But I love it. I mean, I love this track. Yeah, everything the way, from the way the Lindrum is run through that flanger pedal, like the way it's done in a similar fashion on Sex Shooter, um, to the guitar, to the finger symbols, um, the simplicity of the lyrics. It's just amazing. It's just an amazing song. And dare I say, it's um, this should have been on Around the World in a Day. And if I were to yes, substitute, it, yes, it should. And if I was to substitute a track of that album, I'd say Tambourine would be it. Tambourine, exactly. Because Tambourine <laughs> sounds more like a B-side to me. That sounds just like a quirky little side thing. Mm-hmm. Tambourine. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a Tambourine hater. Let me get, get that right out there. But I reckon this is, it has too much of it. It's, it's got heat written all over it. This She's Always In My Hair. To not have it on there. I mean, I think... I mean, we'll discuss this in Around the World in a Day when it comes around, but, you know, I think Prince was deliberately trying to get away from the, all the hype stuff. And, you know, if this song was on there, it is the momentum of that because it's just, just a, such a banging track. Mm. So, you know, I think it was... He wanted to put it out there, but he's just put it as a B-side. It's just, yeah. It's just remarkable. It's just a, a, an explosion of sound. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to listen to it after the show, for sure. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, Captain, you got some thoughts on this? Oh yeah, it's it's um it should have been a single. It should have been on Around the World in a Day in place of Tambourine. <laughs> exactly what player said. <laughs> it's exactly what I've got written there. This was originally, I think, eighty three. But what what player said? It was um he stuck it on a B side because he was you know he was getting away from Purple Rain. He, he wanted to do a, a, a weird album, so he stuck it on a B side. Yeah, 
or did <laughs> did he know it was a did he know it was a great song, or did he just think it was another song? How can you not recognise that? That's <laughs> yeah. Surely, surely yeah. you would have to know how good this song is. Well, you look at some of his other single choices, and they've been horrible. But he thought they were going to do something, and they didn't. Well, it, so it, I don't if, know. If, if you look at the concept of Around the World in the Day, I remember that it got released and there was no singles off it initially. And they said mm, to the radio, yeah. you, you play the tracks that you want. And yeah. most of them started to play Raspberry Beret. So that then yeah, became a single. Yeah. So the original concept had nothing like that. Yeah. So. I just wonder if he knew it was that greater song. Because if he, he, he could have kept it even longer and put it on the next album. Yeah, Not I heard he's. I heard he's a fan of playing it live, so he must think it's it's decent enough to. to well, um, I mean, he didn't play it until what ninety three. Hmm. Yeah, when the and hits then, and B sides came out. It. When the hits and B sides yeah. came out, the very next tour was the Act One tour, and he did Irresistible Bitch. She's always in my hair. She he pulled you out. Up. Yeah, he always he pulled out all these B sides because I think he was listening to that disc and was digging some of these tracks and started to incorporate them in the shows. That was excellent. When he played She's Always In My Hair, mm. or Act One Tour, that was just excellent. And then at the end of it, he, he did the part of um, Temptation, the guitar part of Temptation. Ah, oh, that was unreal. He did some <laughs> mental guitar solos. Yeah. Face melting. So, we, so we've heard. <laughs> you, were, you were at that Bristol show, weren't you? Yep. <clears throat> at 4.28, he's singing and he holds this note for like almost 10 seconds. And it's good. Go and listen to it. But this is such a intense song, and that's something that I I just don't hear in a, a fair bit of his stuff lately. So he needs to he needs to go and listen to this song, and then write some new songs. <laughs> if he's it, listening, at least he, now know. he knows what to do. <laughs> yeah, in case he was wondering. <laughs> but you know, I listened to Cause and Effect, and it seems like he just recorded a song just for the something to do wow just let's to, not get into that argument again just for the sake of recording a song but this song it had a uh you know a goal it had a it was a plan this is the song i'm gonna do and it's gonna be great i just don't get that feeling with some new stuff so yeah oh and the best thing about this song is all the the the, the, the kick drums at the end it just goes insane uh yeah double the, the double double, kick, yeah. double tr- triple bloody kick drums it just kills it that that is I might Mental. make like a fool saying it, but that's obviously not someone doing it physically, is it? Could be. Could be. If if Sheila's there, she could do it. You it could, sounds you could a bit. It. it sounds a bit too perfect, though. Like, it's just like um. It, it sounds like hard, something you do, you know, possible. like with with like um. What do you call it? Like music making software nowadays, where you just like add little bit, like Lego. Like you build the song like with Lego bits. <laughs> it's like he put like the kick, and he just put like fifty of them and sped them up. It's ridiculous. This <laughs> <laughs> just sounds sounds awkward. Well, awkward they didn't have all those magic. Chris Chris, magic Chris Coleman could probably do that. Oh, they could do it with one foot. Yeah, if they bring this out live, I hope he does. She's always in my hair with Chris Coleman and and band. And do the full version and do that ending. Bring back the horn heads. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Are we moving on? Yep. Okay. Toe Jam. You there? Um, yeah. Cool song. Cool song. Um, 
Yeah, he didn't hasn't played it live that much other than the Act One tour and um, or the '93 shows and uh, in around '99 as well. Other than that, it's, it's kind of one of those songs that he's kind of shelved a bit, which is a shame because it's such a great rocking live song. Uh, I I can't add much more because you guys have said it all. It's a great song. Um, the lyrics are really um, quite personal for him and. I don't know where I heard this, but I remember reading somewhere it was about Jill Jones. I don't know how true that is, but that's how I've always heard it. Yeah, uh, I think I've heard that story too, yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, uh, talking about hopes and dreams being in the right direction, she's always in my head. Just great, great um, in-depth lyrics, personalized lyrics. Nice to hear. And it's nice to hear him, you know, using his uh, kind of normal register, not trying to do any falsetto stuff, just, you know, hard out rocking, but at the same time it's kind of, a bit demo-ish, which adds to it, I think, as well. And, um, yeah, can't add any more. Great song. Would you have it on Around the World in a Day? Um, would you go that far? Yeah, I can see it on Around the World in a Day. I, I, I would put it on there. But I, I actually quite like Tambourine, but I can see your point. It's kind of an odd little choice on the album. Yeah, I, I, if I had to make a choice between that or Tambourine on the album, yeah, you're probably right. I'd probably go with She's Always In My Hair. Because you know we're going to get the call. We are going to get that choice. <laughs> we are, yeah. So we need to know. We need to decide now. I make that choice every day on my iPod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, anything else on that one? That's I'm it. done. Okay, so I predict now that Captain's just going to, like he says, explode. His head's going to explode talking about his final uh, B-side. What could it possibly be? It's 200 balloons. Oh, jeez. It's the best song. It is the best song. It's better than anything on the whole Batman album, except maybe Scandalous. It's it's better than Trust, and I love Trust. (laughs) But 200 balloons is just excellent. I mean, 200 Balloons was before Bat Dance. Bat Dance was made from 200 Balloons. Yeah. It's, it's 200 Balloons. And this was supposedly in the movie, and then he swapped it for something else. What? Nothing. <laughs> I just love this song. It's got the great, the big rock drums and rock guitars everywhere. And different to Bat Dance, which has got the Vicky Vale part and the, the, the rock part, this is just straight rock, and it just flows all the way through, even though it's got all the different parts in it. It's in the vocals. Oh, the vocals. Yeah. Just just the rhythm of the vocals and the verses, it's just so good. And there's a, a billion different backing vocals, and you've got the funky bass in there, and you've got snippets from everywhere, from Rave, Rave to the Joy Fantastic. And you've got, like... um. There's a bit of Get Your House in Order from Mavis Staples. Didn't come out for like another four years after 200 books <laughs> out. You got Are you listening to yourself? No, why? <laughs> You're bringing up all these songs. It's They're like... all in 200 balloons. Yeah. You got Raven to the Joy Fantastic. That didn't come out till 99. And, oh, and uh, he does a rap. He does the rap. I don't know what he's going on about. It's at 3.53. He does the rap. And and my funky's multi-layered. Don't stop me now. It's just it's it's just a funky. It's rock and it's funk. And it, I would take this over cause and effect any day of the week. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, you pretty much took uh, all the points I that, that, that I had. I agree with you on everything. The only thing that, um, yeah, it is funky, but the ba- I, I'm surprised uh, we brought up bass playing before, but this is really the, the kind of the song that, that has some amazing popping funky bass. bass. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I was just going to say that it isn't brought up by like people, fans like on the org or mm. in other areas. That, like it never, 200 Balloons never kind of pops up as, as a bass song, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got some really great bass, bass bits. Um, so we recognize that here. But the thing is, it's just a kaleidoscope of a song, really, isn't it? Like like you said, um, I won't repeat it all, but it's just all sorts of songs coming in from everywhere and all over the place. The horns are off the hook, though. To me, again, this is one of those songs where the... Um, and I can't figure out whether he's taking horn bits and mixing them into the song or arranging them or if they're actually... Uh, playing them uh, kind of overdubbing them or if he's if you know what I mean if he's sampling them or yeah if he's sampling them or actually playing them over the recording getting um, Atlanta Bliss and the other guys Eric Leeds the other guys (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, it's just funky as it's funky as I don't know as all get out funky as rotten fish it's unbelievable 200 balloons is off the chain uh that's it. That's all I've got about the hour. And wah 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 wah. It sounds like you. <laughs> that is the best. That last forty-five seconds. Wah 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 wah. It's like he's just playing around with samples. I wanna be samples. your busy bee. I wanna be your busy bee. Come on, Queen. <laughs> it's oh, unbelievable. It's it, it is an amazing song. I'll I'll uh, hand it over to someone else. Uh, Toe Jam, what do you think? Can you hear me? Please tell me you can hear me. Oh, we can yes, hear you. Can. Hey. We are here, Toe Jam. Where are you? <laughs> oh. um, yeah, the horn lines. I think I reckon they're sampled because they they sound kind of sped up to me. That sort of thing, really cartoony. Yeah. The whole song kind of cartoony. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a massive fan of this song, and I think it's just because I love Bat Dance so much that to me this is just kind of like, you know, this kills Bat Dance. Sorry, it does. I, think, I just like Bat Dance the way it just goes in all different directions. Uh, changes tempos and all this, but this one just—it's sort of the just that you know, kick snare, kick snare, kick snare—just runs through the whole thing, and it—I don't know—it's it's rock. Yeah, I don't know. It's just never really like I like it. Don't get me wrong. And I don't—not a fan of that sampled guitar, that power chord guitar thing that just dan dan went went just throughout the whole song. Not <laughs> <laughs> a, a huge fan. But um, yeah, like I. I can appreciate other things like all the things you're saying, all the kaleidoscope songs and all this kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, and... Uh, and the bass. Yeah. Uh, I can kind of see why. Like, I can imagine him seeing the movie footage or like being told of the concept and then writing a song and being, yeah, this is going to be the best thing. And I can just see Tim Burton going, nah, it's just too much, too <laughs> much for this scene in the song. And so they replaced it with trust, which I think suits, suits the scene a lot better. Um, so yeah, in that respect, it's kind of interesting. You know, this is his concept for that scene, uh, uh, supposedly. So yeah, nice song, but um, I'd take that dance, bat dance over it personally. Okay, Ooh. okay. I was going to say before we go into play, I, I love that line. I love how inherently funny the line at the beginning is, where he goes, "Who gonna stop two hundred birds? Nobody. Let's do it." <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious to listen to. Player, what what are your final thoughts on this track? Uh, not too much what you guys have already said. Um, it's very cartoonish. It's very uplifting party track. I do agree. I think this is 
the track that was written first <laughs> and then Bad Dance has been spawned off it. Yeah. Um, I think he scrubbed all the vocals out, had the instrumental there, and just put in all the samples from the movie. Um, the, 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 the only other thing I like that hasn't been mentioned is it's not multi-layered vocals. It's just, like, double vocal. There's, like, a falsetto, but underneath there's this, mm. like, really deep voice and and yeah. it just sings along and then and it cuts in as a background vocal as well it, where it comes in and yeah. goes everybody's flying now you know <laughs> it just comes <laughs> in it's really really cool i like i just like that double layered vocal that he's got running through it where he's got this falsetto and then the bass part that he's got but yeah that's really cool okay okay uh and we'll we'll head back to your direction for uh your final b-side choice I'm going to break the mold a bit because most of them have been B-sides from the 80s. So I'm going to take All a 90s them, yeah. one. So it has to be Rock and Roll is Alive and it lives in Minneapolis. Isn't that like the only B-side of the, <laughs> from the 90s? Yeah, well, that's pretty close to it. Was that's a, Call that's the Law and... Yeah. Horny Pony. Horny Pony, yeah. But there's mm. not too many. But this one is... I mean, it just stands out. Um it's a mix of a tribute to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and responding to Lenny Kravitz's song Rock and Roll is Dead from the Circus album. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that actually or is that yeah. maybe? It no, is. No, no, no. It is. Because um, Prince said, uh, Lenny, Lenny's my homie, but I don't agree with the song. So he came up with this as a rebuttal to that That's song. A- um, but after that, Lenny Kravitz came out and said that the whole song was a joke and no one got the joke and he I thought it was I love that Lenny Kravitz song yeah it's a great song it's unbelievable it's um, I kind of see both sides of it though I, I kind of do agree with Lenny but I also agree with Prince it's, a, it's kind of a weird thing but it was an answer to that song so um, the best part I think of this song is the last two minutes um, where they just go nuts and the guitar, like the guitar, the bass, the drums, they all get like this little mini solo in the last two minutes of it. And it's just sonically amazing. It just has this real raw live sound to it. The production is A1. Um, and just like the, the sort of motif that they're riffing off, um, it just sounds very jazzy, but they've like rockified it. That um, dun, 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 and they just make you know that sounds like kind of like a jazz line but they're just like sounds like a madhouse track yeah and they've just used that motif and just made it like really rocky um there's another mix called the Tony Fly mix but yeah it's just it's just another it just sort of suits the B side of gold and I just love the production everything about it's really really cool Hmm. alright uh Toe Jam thoughts yeah cool B side I love the way it goes in so many different places uh, and I really like the, in, you know, I think it's the first line of the verse. From all over the world, the people came. Like, I love that when Prince kind of gives us epic quality to his song kind of thing. Uh, kind of cool. Uh, yeah, great arrangements. I love that bit at the end where it goes off. And then there's also that, that really heavy, like, sort of Hendrix rock part, which is very, very similar to the um, the rock section in Family Name. Uh, not Family Name, Last December. Yeah. Uh, released, you know, six, seven years later. So nice little link between the two songs. Um, yeah, it's, it's got that real classic sort of party time rock vibe, and it. it uh, have you guys seen the video of this as well? From the, um, the last one, go- skiing goggles. Yeah, that's right. The he's got the burr. He's got the burr Parker on. Yeah, I reckon that is like, and I say this with all praise. 
the worst miming to a song in terms of playing miming. It just looks so. It's <laughs> like because you know, the rest of that video is you know some of it's live kind of thing, and, and then that one they're just going off like just miming to this song kind of thing. It's kind of quite funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a cool song. All right, Captain, what do you think about this? This is a great track. This should have been on the Gold Experience. This should have been the first track on the Gold Experience. Wow. And then straight straight into Endorphin Machine. Wow. That would have just killed everyone. I thought that album couldn't get any better, and you've just convinced me how wrong I was. If that album started with this track and then straight into Endorphin Machine, I would have oh, just wow. freaking had a heart attack. <laughs> it would have been I so good. I think he wrote it after the Gold Experience came out. Yeah. I think it got released, and then Lenny brought out his track, and then he wrote this after that. It sounds pretty Exodus kind of thing to me. It sounds more like it would have fit on Exodus than Oh, oh that one yeah, bass. It's sort of oh, in between. Yeah, it's sort of halfway between Gold Experience and Exodus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I love the vocals, and you got Sonny in the background making his shouts. It's hilarious. And... um. It's just such a great band track. It's 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 a live thing. It just sounds so good. And and then you got everyone doing their solos at the end. You got Michael B and Sonny and Tommy and Morris. They're all doing their solos. It's just excellent. And then you got like the the there's a the breakdown at the end. And then you go into double time and everyone just goes mental. Actually, Alexa de Paris does the same thing. It's got the double time bit at the end of it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Interesting comment. Um, but yeah, put. He's gonna re-release the God Experience one day. This is track. This is track one. Yeah. What a what a great start to an album that rock and roll is alive and it lives in Minneapolis and then just blow him away That's with the rest awesome. of the album. And then track two, cause and effect. Oh, get out! No. That okay. is a cool this title. Is a pretty long, it's a pretty long title as well. Hmm. Yeah, Hold on, is one it, of those is titles, it... you see the title, and you're like, man, I want to hear that song. Before you even know what it's about, it's rock and roll is alive. Is it as long as, as um, hold on, we had another days. one. 17 days. <laughs> 17 days is way longer. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, finishing off on this one, I, I haven't got uh, really much more to say on, on that song. I agree with everything everyone said, more or less, um, except that um, I just wish that he would play this live. Um, that's another oh, thing. Yeah. It would just be awesome. I look forward to the day, hopefully. Hopefully we I haven't seen the last of that song. I think it was in... 97 he played a bit of the instrumental part of it uh, at uh, jam of the year shows yeah but, okay. you know it didn't sing anything it was just an instrumental bit but uh, to, like to hear segue. this whole track yeah. live yeah to hear this whole track live it just well first of all you got to get that band back as well so get that get all them get the administration and and make some new stuff it'd be great and do some concerts and play Nick, this Nick Nick Jonas can sit and watch <laughs> yeah he needs to be schooled <laughs> in the fun. Um, okay, what are, where are we at? Where are we at? I'm trying to get my head around this last track of uh, our top three choices. Yeah, and we're going to Toe Jam on this. It'll be interesting to see what he comes up with. There's still a lot of B-sides to choose from. What is your last third and final choice? Uh, my final choice is technically not a B-side, but it's kind of a rare track released on the B-side disc, and that is Power Fantastic. And... Uh, I don't know, this has to be one of the greatest Prince songs ever, I think. It's just, it's so, and I've got here, It's this is the hidden gem of hidden gems, this song. Uh, you know, the last track on a you know 20-song disc. Uh, it, and it's so acoustic, which is 
you know, not that Prince hasn't done that before, but it's, you know, there's, it does, it sounds like it really is live in the studio. There's very minimal overdubs, if any. There's no studio trickery. It's just straight to the, you know, straight to the mixing desk kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, it, the classic dream song sounds like it was written in, in a dream. Uh, and his vocals on this are unbelievable. Uh, it's such an intri- intricate melody. There's heaps of little small steps, but then there's these massive leaps, and he just hits them perfectly and so emotionally. It's um, it's great. And then he's just got, like, you know, vocal effects, like, finishes the line, goes, and just sort of laughs down the end of it. It's just, you know, everyone's just spot on. Um, I think the flute really adds a lot to this song as well. Kind of gives it very... Um, takes it so it doesn't sound too jazzy it almost sort of gives it a bit of an earthy kind of feel the flute mm. um, is that Eric Leeds on that or yeah supposedly yeah. it sounds like Hubert Laws or something or something yeah like that's that. right and I remember reading somewhere Eric Leeds talking about how he doesn't think he's that great a flute player but man stuff he plays on this and get off like he's an awesome flute player I don't care mm. what he um, yeah what, is, what does he know yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a late night jazzy Kind of song and the lyrics are you know kind of um, vague, but they're you know it's kind of it sort of suits the dreamy feel. Um, and you know the minor G reference that's it's pretty rare that he actually references in the song what he's doing musically. Like there's you know uh, G flat minor with an E and a bass in some songs. Electric chair. That's it. And then and then there's this one. There's not that many where he actually says what he's doing musically. And that's pretty cool. Um, Played in eleven measures. Is the chord of pleasure. And then there's also the, the classic story how this was recorded with um, yeah. Lisa uh, in, in another room or something. Had it upstairs, upstairs. downstairs, upstairs, yeah. Just, just little things like that, just you know, make you listen to it in different ways, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. I'll have to um, agree with everything you said again. I know we're agreeing a lot tonight, but the material is just so amazing. It's hauntingly beautiful, uh, and it's very—it's one of the most mature pieces of music I think he's ever written um, um, and uh, I, I get the feeling that that, that that there were some revolution influences there from a from a creative point of view it just sounds like a revolution piece to me uh, it's, it's very distinct in his catalogue the power fantastic is unlike anything he's ever done before or since to me so it, I, I agree with you with you saying it's very unique and and jazzy ambient yeah all that kind of stuff but then <clears throat> the last thing i'll say on this actually second last thing is um not only do you get the image of uh, lisa playing the piano upstairs and the other guys doing all the other stuff downstairs or whatever but i get the impression that in this big not even like a studio, but just some big house in the countryside somewhere, just recording this because it sounds so uh, so open and airy, as if they're in some massive, massive room with like. You know, I can. Do, I have this vision that's like you know, this is sort of dark, cloudy day outside, and they're all yeah. kind of like, like, let's just follow this vibe kind of thing. It's so cool. And um, the last thing I'll say on this is just a vocal performance. You, me- you mentioned it earlier, but. This has to go down in history as Prince's one of Prince's greatest vocal deliveries ever. And I don't know how many takes they took, but if it's one take... One take. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Oh, if this is one take... And I'm, and I'm sure I read somewhere Eric said it was oh a one take thing. Oh my God. Then his vocal delivery and performance and just... It is not only sublime, but it is just... 
Oh, wow. After I listen to She's Always in my hair, I'm going to listen to this tonight, and I'm just going to collapse. <laughs> it's just amazing, amazing stuff. Um, Captain, what do you think of Power Fantastic? Don't like it. What? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you are joking. <laughs> this song, it's just, it's perfect. There's... The vocals, the music, everything is just spot on, exactly where it should be. It was, I'm sure I read somewhere, Eric said somewhere, that it was, it was one take, and that was it. And that's just crazy. Wow. Those, that, those vocals, one take, that's it. That's not normal. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And there's a nice little guitar all the way through, it just sits behind everything. Yeah just doing little chords and here at the end it does a little harmonic thing right on the outro and what a great outro as well it's the the intro it, and the outro are identical virtually yeah it's just it's great it's great but you're right there's he hasn't done anything like this really before or after mm. it's just a unique thing and it's cool he did it live a few times did it a few times on the One Night Alive tour, and that was cool. I mean, people's reaction when he started playing this, they just lost it. I heard that it, um, he performed this last year in Monaco. I think he did it in London. Mm. One Night Alone, he did it in London, I think a few other places, like sound checks and stuff. He did it in Monaco as well? Yep. Oh. Last year. Oh, yeah. This song is perfect. I remember I played it to death when I got the hits B-sides. I just played all the new songs. It was Peach and Pope. Well, mostly just Peach and this. I just played over and over again. Because they were just... I mean, Peach just rocks the crap out of anything. Hmm. And, and this was just total opposite. And it was... It's just amazing. It kind of makes you think, doesn't it? Some, like um, some of the points you, you mentioned. Um, and also about... <sighs> I don't know. We, we we all seem to to love this song so much, but how much how much do we owe the fact that we like it to the way that it's recorded and just the sound of it more so than the composition itself? Because I just think every time I I hear it, it's it's it sounds unlike it. It sounds it's been recorded unlike anything else he's released. Uh, I don't know. It's just yeah. It's, it's got that real like it, you know. So there's no studio trickery kind of thing. It's just this is the. Mm. And how funny is it that when there's no studio tricker, trickery, we just we head over, we fall head over heels for something like this, you know? Where well, it, that sounded like the backwards message, messaging cause and effect. <laughs> echo, echo, echo. Oh no! So, player, what do you think of uh, Power Fantastic? Uh, just pretty much what you guys have just said. You've pretty much covered it all for me. It's an awesome song. I really love it. It's pretty haunting. Um, it's very different for sort of like a revolution song for me. So, yeah, just exactly what you guys said. That's about it. All right. So, uh, continuing with uh, fan questions, audience questions, we've had a question for uh, from Paul who's based in the UK and he had a two-part question for us uh, let's listen to it now Hi, this is Paul from London, England I'm a big fan of the Peach and Black podcast and I wanted to ask you 
um, who came up with the idea of doing the podcast and how did you all meet? All right, so let's tackle the first part of Paul's question. How did we all meet? Does anyone want to fill fill the listeners in on that? It's a strange kind of Prince World story. It was a dark and stormy night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think, uh, what, Housequake, pretty much? Shut up. Already. (laughs) Damn. I think it would have been player that I talked to first on Housequake a long time ago. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen you guys around and in the forums and noticed you're from Australia and, you know, you kind of tend to agree more with people from your own ilk. <laughs> Toe Jam, was that your name on the MPG Music Club? Yep. Yeah, I've used that same screen name for years. Because I remember seeing that on there, but I don't think I ever talked yet. But I remember seeing your name on there. That that, that might come back to haunt you, Toe Jam. They're going to track yeah. you down now. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so I, Housequake? Housequake or the Org, one of those? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. we. It's not as if we all went to school together or anything. We just kind of met up really, really, really mm. randomly. And three of us have been in the same room at the same time, but we didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> With John Which Blackwell. Me, we, and John Blackwell was there too. <laughs> and Magesh. Magesh. Is that his name? Magesh, yep. And we didn't even know. Well, I knew Player was there because I talked to him. But I didn't yeah, know MC was there. Yeah, we sat next to each other. And I, I asked John what his favourite uh, song to drum on uh, was from, from the Musicology Tour, what, what his favourite drum track was. And he answered that it was uh, Shush. And then he proceeded to bang the out of the drums it was unreal to watch that and he just did it like um, obviously he just did the drum parts like there, there was no music there was no other instrument accompaniment yeah also... who, needs, who needs the music when you got those drums exactly yeah that was all so you needed that was really really cool um, yeah and that's it so yeah no no exciting story we, we met online we all <laughs> it's like internet dating and the other part <laughs> of the question was who came up with the idea of the podcast hmm uh, which which would be me, uh, and it's you know it's not an original idea to to a degree. I think um, you know podcasting was coming up uh, years ago uh, now, uh, but the thing that that kind of frustrated me was that you had all these other fan groups um, and podcast uh, pages dedicated to other musicians and, and you know things outside the realm of music as well to movies and. I guess you could say every topic under the sun from, you know, politics to education, everything, absolutely everything. And I I just thought, well, there's not many people dedicate, you know, a full show to discussing Prince songs. But even then, I I just thought there wasn't, there wasn't, there definitely wasn't an Aussie presence. And I think us, us Australians are, are a unique breed unto themselves. So, so that was enough. That was enough to to get the idea started. And the other thing was um, between the four of us, you know, you put our, the, these four heads together, and there's a lot of knowledge, experience, I guess, and fandom that goes into every show. Um, not to say that we're experts or anything, but we know, you know, most of the stuff we talk about because uh, we follow the music so much. Yeah. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to to talk about that and get different people. And the other thing is that, you know, we get different perspectives, like. Toe jams into certain music that player isn't, or captains into certain music that I'm not. But all of us are Prince fans, so Johnny Farnham. 
Yeah. Yeah, little Johnny. Mike, Mike Oldfield. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Toe Jam with his trumpet playing, player with his hip-hop influences. It's yeah. all, you know, and that's just scratching the surface. So I thought that would be interesting. Um, that's a whole plus, other show talking about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, So which we should do as well. Uh, so that the, was basically um, it. When you first asked us, the thing that attracted me to doing it was... You know, you're saying we want to make sure it's like, you know, music first and foremost. And I was like, yeah, definitely. I'm up for that. Yeah. 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 I mean, the last thing I was interested in was talking about, you know, what Prince had for lunch or, or um, <laughs> you know, tax bills, etc. I mean, that, that, that stuff doesn't interest me. I, lo- I love the music. I think we all love the music. And yeah, Tejam hit it on the head. It was like a question of, um, we, you know, we call it critical discussion. It isn't always, you know, um, sometimes people throw in you know, chord changes and progressions and charts and, and all sorts of different things to do with, uh, you know, musical lingo. But um, a lot of it is just our opinions and what we like or, or in, in some cases, you know, absolutely... Detest. Fall, yeah, I was going to say fall in love with, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was interesting. And um, that's about it. So it's you know it's a it's a cool thing. I think we'll be going for a while. There's a lot to talk about that we still haven't even gone through. So that was about it. And I should also finish off by saying that um, player Tojem and Captain just absolutely jumped at the opportunity. I was so surprised when I put that message out to you guys uh, that you guys re- replied so quickly and also just said yeah yeah we're really keen because. Yeah, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Well, we've got no one else to talk to. <laughs> yeah, because I remember like, we were all lonely. This crap, all this crap going on. I need to talk to someone about it. <laughs> My girlfriend doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I used to live in England, there used to be Prince fan meetups there every couple of weeks. And, you know, that was just so much fun going there and just talking to people about the music. And, you know, it's kind of like this shared thing that everyone sort of shared. And I kind of miss mm. that. So when you put this up, I'm like, yeah, I'm keen for that. Mm. It's a good release sometimes, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, it, it allows us to express our opinions, you know, to each other and, and on the air for anyone who's listening, so it's good. It's just been brilliant. I, I can't, I'm so happy, you know, we're, we're over a year now, and we're going strong, and there's just so much more. I mean, you know, guests, guest appearances, uh, new topics, so that's it. That's the story of uh, how we started. Nothing too raunchy. Just, Before we uh, finish off, um, can I have a let's give a shout out to um, Chewy Music? I've been Chewy Music in Brooklyn, is it? Shout out to yeah. Chewy. Yeah, um, big fan of Where's the show. I've uh, been chatting with him recently on some forums, and he really likes the show, so we give him a shout out. Thanks, Chewy. He, he's riding his bike <laughs> through Brooklyn. <laughs> through Brooklyn, yeah. I want to send a shout out to Shelby for wearing our shirt and Shelby always hello to Shelby and she put she, up a video she, and she wore uh, a very interesting t-shirt <laughs> it had a peach and black podcast written on it I wonder where us. she got that from mm. please shout out thank you thank you Shelby yeah thanks for wearing the shirt she's right there now listening to us painting the nails yeah <laughs> as always as always and taking it off I mean not taking the shirt off but taking the video <laughs> video of her wearing the shirt off on off on <laughs> but because that video was taken down Shelby that technically doesn't count as wearing the shirt in a video so next video you, you put up time. you gotta wear it next time yeah cause you gotta leave it up for people to see yeah please, it, was, uh, it was there for like a day please. or two <laughs> 
That'll be good. No, no, no. We shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, make too much of it. We thank Shelby in the first place for, for wearing the shirt. That was really cool. Um, yeah, so, and, and look, it'd be great to have Shelby back on the show sometime. We joke about, you know, all sorts of things, but um, the last time we had Shelby on the show, it was a, it was a success. It was awesome to have a female presence and, uh, and uh, another fan on the show. So uh, we're open to all that kind of stuff. The door's always open on the Peach and Black podcast. And uh, like I said as well, there's some there's some surprises we got in store. Um, some people uh, that that uh, might have you know a few interesting things to say, uh, and you know more fan questions. Just you know record them, send them through. They don't have to be sound bites. You can just send us an email, and we'll uh, you know we'll we'll put it we'll put it onto the show. Make sure you. They don't, get ha- it. They, don't they don't have to be crystal clear quality as well. I mean, just listen to the show. <laughs> 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 It's, yeah, it's please, please. <laughs> don't embarrass us. <laughs> please don't send us questions that are recorded on high-tech equipment that will embarrass, yeah, <laughs> make a sound better. sound better than we like do. <laughs> and oh, if you good. can't email us, you can contact us through either Facebook or Twitter or our forums. Peachandblack.proboards.com Beautiful. And I want to send a shout-out to the Dawn Experience site. Because we haven't shouted right. out those guys for a while, so yeah, oh, they, yeah, keep, they, they keep... stream our show. Yeah, yeah. thank you, thank, thank you, thank UK, you, UK, UK. And uh, what else? Actually, I will shout out. Uh, I wasn't going to, but I will shout out. I'm going to an awesome show. I won't say when or where. I don't want to date anything, but I'm going to an awesome show. Going to see Jeff Beck again, and Rhonda Smith is touring with Jeff Beck. For those of you who don't know. And I am uh, uber excited. I believe Toe Jam's going to be at the Brisbane yeah, gig as well. Brisbane one, yep. So, yeah, fourth row. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. And a uh, big shout-out to Rhonda Smith. I've been YouTubing some of her stuff. Uh, it's just awesome. Can't wait to see her again. It'll be awesome. So this was Volume 1 of the B-Sides. We've Stay still got, tuned. We've still got volume a part. Two. Volume 2 and probably Volume 3. <laughs> There's a lot of B-Sides when you get looking at them all. Mm. So this was just part one. And especially when you get the Peach and Black podcast to review it as well. We could go for days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's about it. Stay tuned. Fade out. Fade out. Fade out. Fade out.